Welcome, peeps, to If You're Happy, Do You Know It? Today's guest is James Witchell, otherwise known as Jimmy Two Ears, because, yep, you guessed it, he's got two ears and he works in sound. Otherwise known as Jimothy, he's an interesting guy. He talks so melancholy, but he's very full of joy, really. And you should listen up, because he wants a yacht. Buy him one. Welcome, Jimmy. Two is James Witchell to the Scissor Exchange. Did you bring your scissors? I did not. Oh, no. We'll have to sharpen our fingers and cut things that way. We're cutting into the truth of happiness today. Thank you for joining me in the podcast arena. Welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. That's nice to know. Trying to be. Trying to be pretty good, eh? Why is that yeah, working? Just, yeah. You've always struck me as someone who works incredibly hard but fundamentally disagrees with the notion of doing so. <laughs> what, working in general? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I generally disagree with society itself. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Good. Why? Um, uh, it's quite a long, a long topic, really. Um, <clears throat> I've always kind of thought that any society should, like, <laughs> the governing, uh, I'm losing my words. That's all right. Just bring your mic down a little, so it's like, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, there, better, yeah. Um, Gorgeous. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I've always thought that uh, a country or a society should only be so big so that every person in that society would know a member of the parliament or the governing body. Okay. Um, and I think if, that, if that's not possible, then your country is, is too big or, you know, it's too densely populated for the governing parliament. Okay. What's the solution to that? Cut um, England into about 50 countries. <laughs> All right. Each with their own governments. Do you think that's going to give us more trouble than it's worth? I don't... I think it would help general happiness of life. What a lovely segue into the, <laughs> the point of the show. Um, wind it back a bit then and tell me why you think that. Like, how is, how is the current setup? Of bigger, slightly bigger government and one nation, making <clears throat> you unhappy. Then, um, I guess I feel very powerless. Right. Um, no one can hear my opinions in Parliament. I can't really talk to anyone. I've tried emailing. Uh, well, yeah, emailing MPs and sending written letters and stuff before. Mm -hmm. um, you just get either no reply or useless replies. Yeah, but you think if you knew someone, that would be... Well, yeah. I mean, I think for a community to be fully happy, yeah, 
all over. Um, every person in that community has to know someone that mm. manages the rules or has some power. Because I think otherwise you're always going to have people that feel powerless and lost and, you know, just no sense of purpose. It's interesting. I think it's it's it's, 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 it's definitely a brand new take on, on the spin of happiness and we've only just got started. <laughs> so maybe we need to get less macro and get a little okay. more micro here and, okay. and tell me, do you think you're a happy person? And I'll tell you first, as an observer, I think you appear very happy. Mm -hmm. And I think, but I think that you don't have to scratch too much surface to find some some troubling melancholy, which yeah. I'd like to solve for you. <laughs> it's quite true. Um, I guess I do always appear happy, but at the same time, when I'm with people, I'm not really pretending to be happy uh it does usually come quite naturally you know sometimes you have to kind of push into it a bit more mm. um but people make me happy having friends makes me happy and being around friends and then i have quite dark times mm. without when i'm on my own so do you, you don't like loneliness no do you get easily lonely do you think yeah yeah, I think, so. I think you've mentioned quite recently to me that, and quite honestly, I feel lonely, which uh, I, I could definitely be more um, understanding of. I think we spoke off the record the other day about... We did. That doesn't get to me in a weird way. Like, mm. being alone doesn't make me feel lonely, necessarily. Like, I do miss time with important people, but... Being alone isn't problematic for me, but you think it is a, a, a pretty detrimental to you? Um, it can be. I mean, it's not always. Hmm. Um, it's weird. It just kind of goes in phases. I don't know. Maybe it, it's more seasonal than I'm aware as well. Mm -hmm. um, like last year, kind of before winter really came, um, I did a lot of programming and stuff on my own and to know more reading and things. And in the past, I've kind of been happy kind of going on writing streaks on my own and things like that, writing stories. But yeah, so I guess for the past few months now, I've struggled to be on my own. So I don't know, maybe it is, mm. maybe it is quite seasonal. Yeah, maybe. What, um, what's the feeling of... What is the feeling when you when you're alone and you suddenly? Because I think you're quite in tune with your feelings. Yeah. I think you seem quite like, oh, I feel bad, so I'm going to fix it in some way. But what is? Can you describe what it feels like that loneliness? I guess it's uh, it usually goes hand in hand with anxiety, really. Mm. Um, so I'll. Kind of when, my, when I'm on my own and I can't see people um, and I can't talk to people either, messaging them or whatever, mm. um, or calling people on the phone, I just immediately start worrying that that friendship's falling apart right. in some way. Um, and then quite often I'll then bother that person 
um, with my anxiety that our friendship's falling apart yeah. based on nothing. <laughs> um, and cause it to kind of snowball. And, yeah, I have, I think, ruined at least a couple of friendships in my life. Really? Um, yeah. What, just, by, by not wanting to ruin them, you've inadvertently ruined them? Yeah. Oh, uh, wor worrying that they are coming to an end just because mm. there's time apart. Um, right. And then, you know, just bothering that person mm. by asking that. And then they kind of feel, I don't know, maybe I make them feel bad, guilty, and they just kind of... I think also anymore. you are very much in tune with your feelings, like I say. And I think you, you're someone... This is all positive stuff. You're someone who wears your heart on your sleeve. When you're sad, you say, I'm sad. When you're yeah. happy, you say, I'm happy. And when you have a thing like that, you say, this is how I'm feeling. Let's fix it, right? Yeah. Uh, which I really think is a great thing about you. It's like a beautiful character trait that more people should be like. And I think the danger is, and is that you have, not the danger really, but I suppose you have to somehow fit into a culture where most people, the majority of people... Don't do that. ...find the most normal, what should be really normal stuff, weird. You know, you know people go, oh, he's weird. Yeah. Um, not that I think people say, you're weird, but like that, that kind of going like, <laughs> oh, this is too intense. People definitely say I'm weird. Yeah, I know. I, you, I say you're weird, but in a sort of like... People say it as like, you know, people go, oh, if he doesn't want to go out to the pub on a Friday. That's weird. Mm. I don't mean it like that. Weird. You're weird. Like, you're one of the biggest weirdos I know, but that's because <laughs> I absolutely fucking love weirdos. How I find it so uh, stultifyingly tedious to be normal, yeah. for want of a better word. You know, the the, the norm is, is tedious to me. But I think an awful lot of people go, oh, this is, this is too intense. Someone's telling yeah. me the truth. Yeah. Someone's being honest about... <laughs> how they feel about our relationship. I can't handle it, so I'll smash it to pieces. Um, and I think more more often than not, people are like that. So it's like, that's probably where you've hit speed bumps in yeah. these friendships, which is just like, but I wouldn't ever want you to change that, <laughs> except that if you could find kind of a happier, I'm, be I've, a happier place with that. Yeah, I mean, I've really tried to uh, tell myself to trust people more. Um, mm. to just kind of always, you know, assume the better thing of that person, thinking that they're busy or whatever, rather than always going to, oh, they don't want to talk to me mm. because of me. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, as someone who is one of your friends, who, and we don't always remember to stay in touch with each other, I hope that you can feel better about the fact that it's never you. Certainly, I think coming thing. from me, I can't speak for everyone else, obviously. Maybe it is you, who knows? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that's, yeah, it's definitely something that I hope you can find a way out of because, like, feeling like, oh, it must be me. It very rarely is. I, I've had this conversation with people where it's sometimes it's like, oh, because of the way I am, because of the, the things that I dislike about myself, that mm. must be how everyone else feels. And I think not only is it, usually inaccurate i think it's also the majority of the time people just don't care as much as it 
as it seems, either way. So it's not even that they're... It's not even that people are going, oh, it's not him. It's like, it's just my own thing. People just aren't, just don't think that much. Yeah. Um, I think you think a lot, right? Yeah, I think that's... (laughs) You analyse, you think, you consider, you you know, and you probably end up down dark pathways because perhaps overthinking in in a way. Uh, This turned into like I'm counselling in you and so I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Don't forget that. No, I'm quite Um, happy to talk through it. You know, it's it's uh, always helpful. Yeah, yeah, but I guess my, my sense is that for me, you're a very dear friend of mine and I wouldn't, when you say stuff like that to me, I'm like, oh, that sounds like an unhappy place to be in your existence. So mm. immediately I'm like, oh, let's say that we can put an end to that for you. Um, but having said that, I also think of you as an incredibly smiley individual. Yeah. And often those two things, we assume they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. If someone's very smiley all the time, you, you, people must think, oh, he's happy. Especially because like body language is so much more important than than the words that we use, really. Mm. Um, and I think anyone that talks to you probably goes, "Oh, he smiled a lot." Yeah, uh, which is a lovely thing to experience because when you, people smile, unless you're a psychopath, you tend to smile back, and it's a good like <laughs> feeling, right? Um, but just because you're smiling on the outside doesn't necessarily mean the happiness is is always there. Yeah. Would you agree with that? No, I would. I think. Uh, I think I'm just very smiley because I, I find it hard to hide my emotions, I guess. Right. So, and I, I guess I have always wondered if I have some sort of bipolarization or something, but, you know, I don't really like to go and have things diagnosed in that way. Um, but, yeah, I guess I do. I find it easy to feel very happy mm. and then... I just naturally smile because I can't really hide my emotions. But then apparently I think my normal resting face quite often can just look very serious just because I'm, I guess I'm always thinking. It's not the picture I have of you in my head is not serious. It's, but you don't often see me when I'm kind of sat involved. That's just not true. Do you have any idea how many cameras I have (laughs) trained on you at all times? Uh, no, but I mean, we've worked in the same office a lot. We maybe. have, but then it's... Maybe, I don't know. We're very, you know, we are very friendly and social, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, we? Thanks. <laughs> don't feel like I am, but that's nice. <laughs> yeah, but then as soon as we kind of see each other, it kind of... Yeah, yeah. Immediately, you know, kind of probably yeah. too quickly for you even to see the, the serious face that I had on yeah. the moment before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, the mask comes off. Yeah. Um, oh, that's very... That, that's interesting. Um, what do you love in life? <laughs> um, Dana, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Partner. Yeah, have we met? <laughs> yeah, I remember her. A couple yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's great, yeah. Don't um, blame you. She's lovely. <laughs> um, I don't... It's hard to list. Well, you don't have to list. That'll do. One's, one's enough. Well, <laughs> what? Uh, what is it that you love about being a partner to because i've always again i've always thought of you as someone who again you're all in as a partner um what do you love about that that sharing your life with one special person um dead air 
Jimmy's just taking all his clothes off for some reason. (laughs) This is the thing I was most worried about before coming here, was just how how long can I keep away from having any dead air? Right. (laughs) It's funny because we talked about that the other day as well, is you always want to have a phone call. Yeah. And as we've established many times, I do not want to have a phone call ever. No. Uh, And I'm trying to work it. Like I called you that day after we had that conversation even just to go, like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you, baby. Um, But I have a fundamental problem with your phone calls that's unlike other people's phone calls is that they're completely meaningless. Mm. Um, not to you I've discovered <laughs> to you it's like a lifeline it's a real <laughs> special thing uh, which I'm trying to appreciate more but to me like uh, just for the let's do a role play here for the readers uh, you've called me bring bring oh I'll be I'll try and be as honest as I am and I've seen the normally the phones I don't even know where my phone is right now for example it's mm. somewhere missing but let's say like ring ring oh it's Jimmy what is it weird what's jimmy want why is he calling me he could just send me a WhatsApp. okay <laughs> hello hi what's wrong not much what do you mean not much why did you ring me i don't know just felt like a chat go on then how's it going it's, yeah same as just working and stuff <laughs> what about you? and then we pretty much go straight into the dead air yeah <laughs> immediately there. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, that's why I've always had a problem because you, you seem to want to have a phone call. I'm not having a go here, but you seem to want to have a phone call with me to just ask me, um, a very short series of very unanswerable questions and then stops talking and occasionally giggling. (laughs) No, I mean, the reason that I like phone calls is just to have, to be able to hear the person that I'm talking to. Right. Uh, one of my issues, I guess, with messaging people is not being able to always imagine the person saying those words. Yeah. Um, especially if someone's rushed and then they're not writing how they would talk anyway. Yeah. You know, they're just writing short phrases. Yeah. Um, Which is how all of your texts come yeah, to me. Yeah, pretty much. Really short. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, A little hypocrisy. <laughs> it's healthy. <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't really think about that. Yeah, I know, I know. You want to have a deeper, meaningful conversation, but you won't participate in it. No, it just it's takes like, me... I feel like you call me for a monologue from me. <laughs> and we're fundamentally in trouble there because I do not want to have a phone call. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, okay, so just to establish, like, if someone calls me, I'm thinking something's gone wrong. <laughs> this is bad news. So I immediately, I'm on edge, right? Mm. And also just like talking on the phone, I hate, it just it's the focus on the voice is too much, which is weird for someone who's decided to be a podcast host. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, that's the problem. So a phone call where someone literally says nothing. <laughs> it just takes me a long time to come <laughs> around to a point or or think about something to say. Like I'm still thinking about you know, the question that you asked before we went into this dead air about what, <laughs> what makes me happy with... Um, being a partner. Yeah, being yeah, a partner. Yeah. Um, and, well, I suppose it means you're not lonely that much. <laughs> so that's, we've established that. No, so I, I guess any time I can make Dana happy makes me happy. Yes, mate! Um, I, I'm totally... Yeah, yeah, I get that. So happy with that. So I just love seeing... I love being able to do things for Dana and seeing her 
be happy about it. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm always that good at that. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I do try to be. Um, sorry, I'm rubbing my hands. Fine. <laughs> um, but I also, I find it easy to then, I guess, take her for granted. Mm -hmm. um, especially kind of when we're both busy or even if just I'm busy at work. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just always trying to get better and better at, catching myself before I take her for granted for too long. Right, yeah. Of a period of time. Um, okay. But, you know, it's like it's even simple things. Like I've, as I've been, you know, I've been on this diet now for about a year. Mm -hmm. um, and it's made me love cooking again, which I hadn't done for years and years. Um, mm. But even just making Dana meals or chocolate or especially recipes that I've created on my own, I just love seeing her mm. enjoy that. I get that, hundred um, percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. I love cooking. I like cooking anyway, but yeah, definitely when you create something, I suppose. Yeah. And you can share it with a partner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it, big time. But then even big just, time, I mean, we don't. It's been difficult because I've not been working now since October. Um, well, so this is obviously dateless, but I've not been working yeah, now yeah. for about three months. Four, um, yeah. Until but you a just couple started, of weeks ago, yeah. yeah, I've just started again. Um, but then, obviously, it's quite difficult to do dates or days out or whatever because everything costs money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we we've not really done much together. That's, I guess, you know, more exciting or interesting or anything like that. You know, if we go out of the house, it's usually just a walk or something like that because. Mm -hmm. It's cheap. It's free. Yeah. But um, there's a, you know, that sometimes I think that's the most, the, you can create special memories mm. when it's just, because you kind of focus on just being yourselves. Yeah. Which as long as you enjoy each other's company, that, yeah, that exactly. can be more than anything yeah. sometimes, rather than the extravagance. Extravagance can be nice, of course, yeah. but yeah, I think that's lovely. Um, so what... Um, See, now I've gone dead in. I had a question. I can't remember what it is. You can ask me questions as well if you think can of any. Yeah, yeah. Because I've completely forgotten what I was going <laughs> to fucking say. Fucking say. I, I don't know how much I've been swearing today. doesn't matter. does not. Well, unless you don't want people to hear you swear. <laughs> I don't really mind. Yeah. I just usually swear quite a lot. Yeah, no, it's usually me on this thing. What was I saying? Uh... I was talking about... Dana being awesome. Yes, and just, you know, that I like even just making meals and going on walks. And You have a tendency to dislike my cats from afar. <laughs> Why? What's your, what's your beef with my cats? Um, so, I'm not a cat person. Um, I don't have any beef with your kittens specifically. And right. they have actually been quite friendly to me when I've gone around there. Yeah, because they love you. But because I don't like cats generally, right. uh, it's, I guess it's just an ongoing joke from my end. That I wasn't, I guess maybe now I'm wondering if you always knew that it oh. was a joke or not. And that's your, um, <laughs> and there's that insecurity coming there it out. Is. Because always I there. assume everything's a joke and nothing. And you can't really upset or offend me anyway, so <laughs> it's fine. 
you couldn't think any lower of me than I do of myself. So <laughs> we're in a good place. Uh, yeah, but I've always, I have always felt a little bit like you are the sort of person I go, you're a cat. You seem like someone who a cat would be really good for in terms of your happiness. And I know you're a dog fan, mm. but I actually think like your personality to me suits the cat life more. But you do not like <clears throat> what you got against <laughs> the problem. Like we have a lot of cat listeners, so be careful. Do we? I mean, it's it's just a personal thing from my own history with cats. Oh, so, right. Um, don't want to upset anyone you or won't. depress anyone too much. But when I was, um, I guess, ten, mm. uh, around there, anyway. We had um, a cat, yeah, and he was a really nice cat. Um, Good, but he got hit by a car. So one day I came home from school, and I remember seeing a white bag on our front doorstep, right, with something sticking out of it. God, this is rough. Uh, it is, it is quite rough. At all. See. This is, this is, I did say it was going to be quite dark. Yeah, so good, good. I came home, I saw that bag there. Um, I then kind of got rushed inside the house. Um, later on that day, then my parents brought me in and told me that the cat had been hit by the car and killed. <sighs> what had actually happened is someone had, whoever hit the cat, picked the cat up, put it in a bag and put it on the front doorstep and its tail was oh, hanging nice. out of the bag. And it, had it gone stiff? Yeah, stiff oh, and straight. Um, so my only—that's the problem—is my only memory of having a good cat mm-hmm. is that. That's all I've got left of that. Really, I don't right. even. I know that he was a good cat and friendly, uh-huh. um, but I don't remember any of that because all I've got is that one memory. Yeah. And then a few years later, um, I. Yes, I was probably about 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, the wonder years. The wonder years. Yeah. Um, we had another cat that was a rescue cat, and he was just, he'd obviously been treated very badly, and he didn't like anyone. He would always scratch you. There was no making friends with him. So my only two family cats. Yeah. Those are the, are the stories. So I think there's something much deeper here than just I don't like cats, I'm not a cat person I think there is genuine childhood trauma at play <laughs> that you need to seek Address. therapy for <laughs> and then once you've once you've sought that and you spend more time with good cats <laughs> I think you'd be a cat it just like to me it suits your lifestyle to have a friendly cat in the house yeah uh, I've always thought like it's incongruous that you wouldn't like them because it just like I think of you as quite cat-like in a way <laughs> like you're sort of just or certainly I think of you as like one of my cats a little bit like warm and, and cosy and like uh, it's just he's sort of there to <laughs> to just be chill you know um, but in the same way I think you know from the, one of the one of the things we're getting from this conversation is you're also quite dog-like in your neediness. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe you need... You just need both. Yeah, but then the problem is you have to get the dog before the cat. Why? Because the I... cat will be way more territorial. Right. I, I think... Don't That's you why could... you should get the cat first, isn't it? 
No, because then the cat will always kind of go and scratch the dog. Like it will never hate, uh, it will never like the dog. Nah. Well, what happened with the cat that we had, our right. family cat, yeah. is we had a dog first right. and got him as a kitten. Um, so The dog? Got the cat as a kitten. Okay. <laughs> That's confusing. So, so hang on, you got a kitten and it turned into a dog. <laughs> you sure it wasn't just a dog? Such dick. Yeah, yeah. We had a dog. Yeah. Got a kitten. Was the dog a puppy or a kitten? The dog was a, a few rabbit. years old okay. by this point, I right. think. Okay. Um, but then, because the cat is young, yeah. the dog doesn't really seem to be, you know, have any aggression towards it. Good. Nice dog. <laughs> and then the cat is just brought up being around a dog. Right. I don't know. Have you not seen many cat and dog interactions? Sometimes it can go really um, badly. No, I the most of the shows I watch are about to, like cat and mouse interactions. <laughs> I watch a lot of there's a documentary series about a cat and a mouse always fighting. Yeah. Tom and Jerry. Oh yeah, yeah. It's quite um, old on that. They're always fighting and that seemed, you know, pretty accurate. I can't think of any <laughs> I feel like I'm on a different sort of plane in this episode. I feel like Why? we're flying somewhere else. <laughs> it's nice. It's different. Hopefully entertaining enough well, to I don't still know. be listening. Um, what's the future like? What's the future like? What is your future like as a, as, a, as a person who knows what happiness is but also knows how easily you can fall out of it? and into yeah. unhappiness. Is it something that you pursue to be a happier individual or are you just sort of happy to be riding that wave of up and down? Um, I guess I would, I would like to be more consistently happy, hmm. um, which is why I do try to kind of look, look at myself and work out what I'm doing wrong. Um, and how to do things better. Um, Interesting. Sorry, <laughs> you know, I don't want to overanalyze, but that feels intrinsically negative to me. Why? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's just the way you've put it, but I just wonder. I'm probably the same, so you're holding up a mirror, but like, why am I doing it wrong? What's wrong? Um, it sort of starts from a place that's quite like, I'm doing something wrong. Maybe mm. you're not. Maybe you're just doing life and it's doing you back. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just e it's just easier to to look at things that you're doing wrongly rather than be aware when you've done something right. Mm. I mean, it even goes in my job. People don't know when... My, my job is to do such a good job that no one ever sees yes. the job that I've done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's true that's very true yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which is tricky <laughs> it's tricky for yeah if that's kind of how you think about life well okay so what does what does a happy future look like for you then so I've always wanted to have my own yacht <laughs> <laughs> yes I mean I feel like that should be the end of the show but go on <laughs> We're not talking like some sort of cruise ship. No, no, that should have been it. I've always wanted to have... I thought you were going to say a family. 
or a I dog. I do want to have family. Or more security. <laughs> so specific. Go on, get your yacht, mate. I love sailing. Do you? I love sailing. Oh, I love I anything this. out on the water. Um, <laughs> like I used Great. to love windsurfing and kayaking. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always kind of had this, not ultimate goal, but a goal in my life that I want to be able to afford a yacht mm-hmm. um, so that I can go sailing. Um, also thought about kind of potentially living on a yacht rather than in a house if yeah. it was big enough or whatever because the you know a yacht seems like quite an expense but if it's where you're actually living it's yeah. much much cheaper than a house yeah yeah um, absolutely would you settle for a canal boat just for now <laughs> I'm quite tall for canal boats though yeah yeah it's yeah. a problem you big boy <laughs> big boy for in a canal boat that's very I, I like that I you know I have this vision of you your future um a lot like your hero, Elron Hubbard. I see you starting a. I can't say what I can't. I'm not. Uh, not sure whether I should say the word, the c word, in relation to that particular. So I'm not going to. Don't. Um, I can see you starting a, a movement <laughs> on a yacht out in the middle of the ocean somewhere, <laughs> and encouraging people to believe in your philosophies. Well, this. Brings us quite uh, neatly into um, another dream oh, yeah. <laughs> of mine. Yeah, which is to do that. <laughs> which a few of my friends know about, which um, was always to kind of break away from a country right, and start a new country that's actually just a fleet of ships. Amazing. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's a, a roaming community out at sea like pirates or something. But River gypsies, <laughs> yeah. Like a little pirates bit, or something. <laughs> but a little bit more advanced. I mean, <laughs> the idea was that you could actually have, you could turn like an aircraft carrier or something into a farm and mm-hmm. you could be completely self-sufficient without being attached to any of the existing countries and their laws. Um, Great. And just start this community with people that you know. I can't wait to <laughs> visit you there. I'm not sure I'm going to stay. <laughs> But I'll visit, maybe. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't... I wouldn't be uh, so deluded as to say that that's a, a genuine life goal. It's it's mm. just always a dream of mine that I've thought about. And thought that would, would there be, be any nice. work? Any work? What, for yeah. people? Do you, we started the podcast and we're going to end it on, on, on really summing up and getting to the grips of your thought. You, I think you said I've always naturally hated society, something <laughs> like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but the question was about work. Yeah. Would there be any work in your sea land? So, um, gym world. This is a probably a sensitive subject because there are a lot of communist values mm-hmm. <laughs> that do actually make sense, and or to me at least, and seem like genuinely good ideals mm-hmm. um i'm not sure how what how much of it's communism how much of it's socialism or that stuff i've just made up yeah um <laughs> <Geminism>. <laughs> yeah. but obviously every interpretation of communism that we've kind of seen has gone horribly horribly wrong <laughs> yeah um because I definitely <laughs> yeah can theorize it but they can't put it into practice yeah, yeah. exactly but 
I mean, my ideal has always been... Um, oh, it's actually... If you watch The Orville... The who now? The Orville, Seth MacFarlane's. No. No, it's no, on Plex. Yes. I might watch it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, anyway, they had a society like that in this. Um, oh, right. But one of the things that I've always kind of thought would be nice from either socialism or communism is that everyone kind of has a role, not that's been assigned to them, that fits with their personality and who they are. Right. Um, but you're not necessarily being paid for that role. Okay. I mean, there is no real reason to have money and currency. Mm-hmm. Society would happily exist without it as long as it was done correctly mm-hmm. because the problem is humans have greed. Yeah. So in communism, you know, it's always ended up that the people with the power have then abused the power and mm-hmm. taken advantage of their people. Which brings me back around to what I said at the beginning is that the governing body should... Uh, the country should only be so big as the governing body mm-hmm. knowing all of its people. Right, yeah, yeah. Because um, as soon as you have that detachment, it's so easy for anyone to abuse their power. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I get what you mean. Because you don't... I don't think we do have genuinely evil people in this world. I mean, it's quite hard to say that with people like Donald Trump around. Yeah. But I think it's that level of detachment that makes them feel that it's acceptable. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. there's uh, psycho- psychopaths and sociopaths that genuinely have issues connecting there. Yeah. Um, but... I think anyone really has the potential to do genuinely malicious things yeah. and not know it or deny it yeah, okay. purely because of that, having that detachment of whoever it's affecting. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, that very well put. Was it? Yeah, I think so, <laughs> okay. yeah. Like you said, it took a little while to get there, but I think we got there. I get exactly <laughs> what you mean. The fact, the non-attachment thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it could be probably summed up easiest in you think about when you're driving. Yes. And you... Road rage. You are, like, quite threatening and violent towards yeah. other people. Not Especially, you, but... Well, I, I'm, well, I'm not threatening and violent towards other people even when I'm driving, but when I, when I go and drive in London, there's a part of my personality that I have to switch off. Right, yeah. Um, which, you know all of that kind of goes with everyone's beeping at you for, mm. well, <laughs> if everyone's beeping at you all the time, you probably are a genuinely yeah, bad you driver. Yourself, but yeah. Occasionally when someone beeps at you because you've been in the wrong lane because London's a mess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you're not used to it and yeah. you weren't sure, yeah. There's, you know, you have to switch that part off of yourself that cares. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, take it personally, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if someone was like, walking behind you and they shouted at you it's so much rarer that yeah. people would do that because yeah so i guess in that sense that's kind of the very specific version of what you're saying yeah. is that if people are if people have to experience the closeness of their action yeah. like what their actions do then hopefully there'll be a bit more empathy and yeah <laughs> yeah okay i like that i like that um i think you you need to go and cook one of your magnificent meals, uh, and I probably need to do the same. It's been a delicious topical <laughs> debate. Not I even guess. a debate, it's just been great. Um, 
I hope you continue to... I think you're quite... What I would say is I feel like you definitely see when you're happy and you definitely see when you're not. Mm. And I think that you've got... You've probably worked out what the tools are to tip it more in one way than the other. Um, yeah. And I do... What I would also say is that hopefully society comes closer to how you want to be than you having to be closer to it. <laughs> and I think that your thoughts on what you'd like it to be more like, maybe not the yacht stuff. <laughs> uh, my my personal feeling about the future, maybe, I'm not sure how long, but it's probably going to have to end up either we destroy ourselves or we end up in an, having to reinvent societies based on those kind of thoughts mm. because I I think that when automation is so prevalent that there are no jobs yeah we will have to rethink what it is to be a valuable human yeah and definitely. that won't be you earn money for yeah. doing a thing so somehow future generations will need to think again <laughs> about value mm. And uh, I mean, I've said this before on here, and that's that's my thought, and that's based on limited reading and listening, <laughs> and also just my own general interest in the whole thing uh, and history. I guess if you look at things that get invented, they don't really ever. No one, we never go back on them, and the fact that yes. stuff already exists that is able to replace us as a workforce is only going to grow. Yeah. So I think someone that's... should probably come up with a better system that isn't based on the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. And there'll probably be some transitional pain <laughs> for the species, but eventually, <laughs> if the Earth survives, we'll get there mm -hmm. and we'll live in the Jimmy utopia. <laughs> that is one of the genuine issues with our society is... Once you've made the prototype mm. or foundation of something, we get stuck on building on that for years and years mm. and years. And yeah, you make that thing better and better and better, but it takes decades for people to step back and go, hang on, let's try, let's try throwing all of that away and starting again doing it this way instead. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I, I know we need to come to an end, but computers, right? Yeah. Processors and computers. Mm -hmm. We're only in the last five or ten years, probably only five years, started to genuinely look into quantum processing right. rather than the way we do it now, which is the same way it's been doing since the 70s. Yeah. Yes, processors have got a hell of a lot faster since then, but it's still building on the same thing and it's only now changing. Do you think there's been a, a slight bit of self-preservation? I don't know a lot about quantum computing, Um my dad has, has read on it quite has recently. Um, is there a slight self-preservation thing going on there? It's like once we cross that threshold, it really is over for us the way we know it. Yes. Because it's so, the power is so ridiculously yeah. vast. It's just, it, it, it works in such a different way mm. that it's just the kind of thing that... <laughs> Um, 
It's just the difference of an adult and a toddler, really. Right. Like, you know, a toddler's kind of just started to work out how to do all of these things, and then the adult comes along, knows exactly what they're doing, and how to achieve the outcome mm -hmm. without having to work it out. Okay, yeah, That yeah, is yeah. kind of what will happen yeah. when quantum processing really does tip over into the point where mm -hmm. it's genuinely usable, because the, the problem they're having now is, is actually how much... The ability to process stuff uh, a massive information at once, like processors do at the moment. You know, at the moment, <clears throat> we're pretty much stuck in where computers literally started of playing with a few bits of going one and zero on and off. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, there's millions of, of things going back and forwards in processors all the time. Right. Um, whereas in quantum processors, because it's such a different way, we're literally starting again and looking at four right, things okay, at a time or something like that. Um, so once that tips over into the point where we can just keep building up quantum processes and it can actually process information like we do with our current processes, yeah. essentially it will be able to take things like... I mean, this is kind of a classic example and it may be a bit outdated now, so I should probably brush up on my research, but... Nah. <laughs> if you've got... confidently enough, it'll be fine. <laughs> if you've got someone's encrypted password... Yeah. Um, ...stored in a database, because that's how these things work... Yeah. ...you can't see what their password is, but you can, you can see the checking bit of code. Mm -hmm. In a quantum processor, the idea is that you, you take that outcome and it will immediately kind of be able to work out the other end of it mm -hmm. without having to process through lines of code. So at the moment, when we're looking at brute forcing par passwords, you're going A, B, C, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, E. A quantum processor can literally, the idea is that it can take all of those possibilities at once mm. um, and just immediately work out the answer without having to one by one Right. Go okay. through them. Um, I've always kind of imagined it like the it's probability terrible. drive in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is uh, at once fascinating and kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, where does, like you say, the 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 power of that? Uh, like the the whole mad, way so. security is built with computers today is making it when when you encrypt something, you're not making it impossible to decrypt that you're encrypting it so that it will take, as as far as we know it, hundreds and thousands of years to go through all the possibilities to okay. get the right match to decrypt that information. Right. Because you're, in, you're scrambling it so much that it would take that long mm -hmm. to work out what the right answer is. Right. The whole point of, of quantum processing is that that comes along and none of that matters anymore. Right. So almost all of our foundation of security in technology today goes out the window yeah should go out the window heavenly <laughs> holy shit balls yeah. <laughs> wow uh jesus christ i mean it's not it's not dead bullseye on happiness but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it still really there, interesting but, uh, thanks for that uh i really love you jimmy always you're like family to me thanks. you are magic never ever want you to feel like I am someone that you need to worry about losing friendship. Thank you. When I am decrepit and old, <laughs> if we're still together, <laughs> we will be.
be together. Okay. I love you, Jimothy. Thanks you. for coming on the podcast. Stay happy. Thank you.